Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 70 of the Mess Hall Podcast. This week's guest is Malcolm Saunders. It was really inspiring to hear him talk about his take on food and modern nutrition. It was really, really awesome. I really enjoyed it. And you know what, really, I'm saying really a lot. It's who I am. It's what I do. But it was awesome. I was out playing disc golf on the weekend. I haven't recorded the whole podcast yet. I just recorded the interview with Malcolm. And I ran into Malcolm playing disc golf. So it was truly awesome to see another disc golfer out there that I knew. And like I said, Malcolm was truly awesome. I When I left the interview with him, I felt inspired. I don't want to tell you too much. But like I said, it was really, really inspiring. Awesome podcast interview. I really enjoyed it. A big thank you again to Malcolm. And enjoy the podcast. The Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ADB Financial. And this week's podcast shout-out is going to a brand new podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network, and that's Eskimo's Empire. Um, it's another CFL podcast that is on the Podcast Network with the 2 and Out podcast, and another football podcast on the network with um, Vanda and the Tight Ends podcast. It's an awesome podcast. I've been on it a couple times. I love her take on the NFL, so it's a unique podcast. Like I said, but main reason I'm talking about it today, Eskimo Empire. Make sure you give it a follow on Twitter at Esk Empire. Um, same thing on Facebook and on Instagram, Eskimo Empire Podcast. And if you want to find it online, EskEmpire.ca. It'll bring you to all the podcasts. They're bringing you updates on the Eskimos every week. I'll give you a little update. They lost, which helps me out in Calgary because I'm a big Sam Peters fan. And and like I said, just give them a follow. They're pretty awesome. I like it. I've been listening to the last couple episodes. And enjoy this episode of the podcast. So today, I have Malcolm from the Light Cellar here. Welcome to the Mess Hall Podcast. Hey, right on. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm glad I got you today because, like I was telling you earlier, I really like local businesses, and you've moved locations, So, and I was downstairs, and it's amazing down there. You have tons of awesome products. I didn't get a look at everything like I have in the past at the old shop. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about what you guys do here and how that came about and yeah, absolutely. So our, our main mission here is to help people find and learn how to craft their own food and medicine. And uh, this is absolutely born out of my own journey. It uh, started when I was 16. I changed my diet, not for health reasons at the time. It was environmental aspirations. This idea, oh, we've got to become a vegetarian to help save the world. I was very kind of deeply connected, as I still am, to nature and very concerned about the environment. And I thought, well, if that's what I can do, if that's the only thing I can have a, an effect on as a, as a young adolescent going to high school, that's what I'm going to do. So changed my diet overnight and uh, went from meat and potatoes to just potatoes, and it did not go so well. <laughs> uh, and I quickly realized, like, holy, there's, there's, there's something more to food, you know? Like, I just thought whatever was quick, easy, and tasted good was you know, was how I navigated my food choices. Okay. And that very often looked like, uh, you know, 
pizza, Pop-Tarts, grilled cheese sandwiches, uh, breakfast cereals were my favorite, in fact. Uh, you know, Fruit Loops, Lucky Charms, that kind of stuff. And so to say I was a vegetarian is, is not quite accurate. I was more of a carbitarian, uh, just <laughs> one sugar source after another. Yeah. And, in, and especially just to try and get enough energy to, to make it through the day. And that's, that was that moment that really woke me up to there's something more to food. I need to, be, I need to figure this out because I was really committed to this idea and this path. And then the health aspects started uh, coming in, coming into focus. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, I, I describe uh, like food intelligence, right? We have a very low food intelligence. Uh, culturally, societally, we're given Canada Food Guide in grade two, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> the yeah. rest, you figure it out yourself, and most of us end up with a lot of dead ends and detours. When it comes to food nutrition, we have no idea what's going on. Uh, not only what to eat, but also how to prepare it and eat in a healthy, sustainable way. And so through my journey of years and years trying to figure it out, uh, the light seller was born out of this passion to share with A, what I, what I discovered, and B, the foods that I was discovering uh, beyond the grocery store, which, you know, at the end of the day, when you really look at it, the average grocery store has a very limited selection um, compared to what nature's offers, what is out there and cultures, traditions around the world have consumed. And before we go any further, I wanted to make it a little quick disclaimer because a lot of people think, oh, you, you must be a vegetarian. It's like, <laughs> well, no. <laughs> After, you know, 12, almost 15 years, I was vegetarian, I was vegan, I was raw vegan, I went all down all these diet rabbit holes and discovered that myself personally, I'm not meant to be a vegetarian uh, despite being so committed to the idea, the philosophy of it. Uh, I had to had to change. I had to let go of, of dietary dogma, and uh, the world is much more than just black and white. So. Okay. <laughs> so when you say you switched, or I'm going to go on a big assumption. When you're looking at meats, are you looking at like ethical source and stuff like that? And yeah. Yeah. I, so when we look at you know a lot of the reasons someone might become a vegetarian, which which can be helpful, which can be beneficial for certain periods of time for people you know the biggest reasons you get are you know for health also yeah. for environment and then animal rights and those are all like very valid noble uh, reasons to eat a more plant-based diet um, but it's only saying half the story so all the documentaries uh, that you can see I mean Netflix, Netflix is full of them there's tons of books you know, kind of proclaiming the, the righteousness of vegetarian and so on and so forth, but it's only a half truth. It only speaks to industrially raised, you know, feedlot, factory farmed animals, yeah. right? On that case, absolutely horrible for the environment, you know, terrible living conditions for the animals, not humane, uh, and environmental disasters. But as you're suggesting, if we look to, you know, small scale, ethically sourced, humanely raised, um, some of the most nutritious foods. Uh, so, you know, I've, what I've discovered is that human nutrition is comprised of four food groups. Well, you might be saying, well, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Isn't that what we learned in grade two? Yeah. Yeah, well, we did learn about the four food groups, but they are wrong. <laughs> and in fact, there are, uh, I, I, and I, I kind of use a broad generalization here. You can think of them almost like the four kingdoms of life. Now, technically, there are six, but just, just work with me here. Okay. <laughs> so we go plants, animals, bacteria, and fungi. So those are your four food groups. Interesting. And if we literally, if we look at any culture from anywhere around the world throughout anywhere, any point in time, that's what humans consume. Uh, and if we, you know, if we ran through the list of what you ate, what I ate, we could break it down, we could put 
any of those foods into those four categories. Of course, beyond you know water. I, there's there's a fifth food group which is more the elements: earth, air, fire, water. Okay. But let's come back to you know plants, bacteria, fung fungi, and animals. Yeah. <laughs> so plants, of course, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, grains. Um, sea vegetables, so on and so forth. And as we go through each of these, you know, what, one of the biggest benefits I got from being a vegetarian was that I actually explored the plant kingdom and, and all that it had to offer. You've heard this term phytonutrients. Yeah. Yeah, plant nutrients. This is what, you know, yeah. science continues to discover, like, oh, a new chemical found in broccoli, known to cure cancer, right? It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, the food we eat is good for us. <laughs> uh, if it's in its kind of natural whole state and, uh, you know, most of us are just kind of just barely scratching the surface of the plant kingdom. Yeah, sure. You know, if you'd ask me as, as a great tour, you know, like, Malcolm, what do you think about these four food groups? I'd be like, okay, well, yeah, I eat fruit, you know, bananas and apples and oranges. I eat wheat and I eat, um, you know, some vegetables once in a while. And yeah. okay, check, got it, right? But that's a very limited uh, selection compared to the absolute massive diversity that plant kingdom offers, right? Like sea vegetables, like algaes, like flowers, like roots, barks. I mean, you name it. Yeah. And uh, so we want to look at diversity within all these kingdoms. And a real kind of quick, easy way into the plant kingdom is thinking about eating the rainbow. Okay. Right? The full color spectrum yeah. of that kingdom. Every color offers a different nutrient. And we know this, right? Like yeah. green represents chlorophyll. And we're like, oh, yeah, green foods are healthy. Absolutely. But so are all the other colors. And I'm not yeah. talking, you know, blue lake number 12. I'm talking <laughs> <laughs> right? red dye 32. <laughs> red dye 32, yeah. It's, it's the natural pigments. These are antioxidants. They represent nutrients. Uh, orange is beta-carotene, beta as, yeah. as an example. Um, so think about that as well as, you know, being coming from a nutrition background, you know, at one point having called myself a nutritionist, I got a little boxed in where I was just about food, just about nutrition. And in kind of later years, what I've discovered is, you know, that plant kingdom, this idea of, of herbs and herbalism, right? So incredible healing potential through the realm of herbs. And okay. uh, it's that whole saying, let food be thy medicine, medicine be thy food. And once you get into like wild foods, you know, that are true to their original genetic uh, character growing out in nature, uh, the, the line gets very blurred between, well, what is food and what is medicine, right? They, they offer both. They offer food value, calories, vitamins, and minerals, but also a lot of medicinal compounds that have been bred out of our, and, you know, our more industrially mass-produced yeah. hybrid foods, yeah. which are tasty. Don't get me wrong. I love tomatoes, you know, but, or, or you know, a classic example is like iceberg lettuce, Right? It's been so far removed from its wild genetic, its original ancestor, which would be wild lettuce, which, I mean, just try eating one leaf of that, right? It's like most people, it's like, oh, it's so bitter, it's so yeah. powerful with alkaloids, with medicine, that yeah. there's no way you could sit down and eat a salad of it. So, there's, but there's, there's a whole spectrum in between those two where we want to get closer back to, you know, the wild plant and those wild genetics that offer deep nutrition. I, I like what you're saying. You have me really intrigued, and I'm really enjoying it. I could just listen for this for hours and hours. Um, like you said, you, you I only have 20 minutes here. <laughs> yeah, you put the time limit. Yeah. Um, I like what you're saying because I've become more plant based in my diet. I yeah. still eat meat, um, but I'm looking at those better choices. Um, 
for sure. Ethical choices. Um, Which the, I, the nutrient, you know, comparison, if we take, you know, butter, right? Or someone says, do you eat chicken? Well, you know, it's like, or, you know, chicken is bad for you or chicken is good for you. I want to know the type, right? Where did yeah. it come from? That makes all the difference. Yeah. So it's not plants versus animals. To me, it's, it's the system. It's the industry that it comes from. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's almost, I never really realized so much about vegetables. Like, yeah, I know that they're good for me and I should eat them, but I never really thought about wild lettuce. You really had me yeah. there. And it's just like, <laughs> awesome. and, and I like a good bitterness in my lettuce. Like I like arugula. Yeah. But I've, but I love iceberg, but I don't eat it as much because it's it's not too um, feels nutrient. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it feels kind of empty, right? Yeah, yeah. And it does. And I'll stick to the darker greens, like like I said, arugula. And I'll just yeah. have arugula because I like oh, that. I, I don't mix it with spinach or anything. You yeah. Know? Um, and we can acclimatize our palates to these more nutrient-dense foods because, yeah. you know, the biggest problem that our society faces is – uh, food that's far too high in calories, that's, you know, way too low, almost devoid in nutrients, yeah. right? So how can we flip that equation so we can get nutrient density in a small amount of calories? We can nourish ourselves without, you know, overstuffing ourselves. Like as yeah. a vegetarian, I was just like empty carbs, empty calories, you know, like just trying to get the energy, but I wasn't getting it at a deep level. What you just said there is empty calories. And that's something that I've really looked at myself with Yeah, is – do I need this because is it an empty calorie? Yeah. And like say processed juices and stuff, it's just, it's an empty calorie. Yeah. And, and biologically we've got to drive for that. You know, we're looking for calories, we're seeking fats, we're seeking, you know, sugars, yeah. that kind of thing. And, and that's how some of the kind of the modern foods get us that, that kind of lure, right. It satisfies one part of the brain, but it lets us down, you know, in, in other it does, areas. Yeah. 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 Like those, like, I've given up a lot of sugar, and I love sugar. Like, I'd eat a totally. chocolate bar and stuff like that, and not satisfied and have another one. Just Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've been really getting off sugar, and, and the more I'm off of it, the more I don't miss it. Totally, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, what I've seen in that, that progression to be able to – the best way to get ourselves there is – you know, you can try and do what I did, or maybe you've tried it as well. It's like, all right, you know, it's it's cold turkey. We're 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 cutting it all out. You know, that's pretty tough. Like, it is. You yeah. got to have the willpower. Even sometimes the physiology just like screams back at you, like, no way. You know, like that's too big of a jump. Your body's trying to maintain homeostasis, and homeostasis isn't some magical, mythical state of perfect health. It's where exactly where you're at. If there's too big of a swing one direction, the body goes like, whoa, like, let's bring you back to where I know and I can work with things. So it's it should be, I believe, slower shifts. There's always a time yeah. and a place where you need to do the radical. Maybe it's, you know, yeah. a life-saving altering diet because you're dealing with something extreme. But uh, if we can do what, what I call a more upgrading and adding in. So let's take sugar as an example. We have a whole spectrum of sugars, you know, maybe the worst being, you know, a really highly refined processed high fructose corn syrup, yeah. you know, and something that's a lot better choice, like a good uh, organic wild raw honey, right? Yes. Still a source of sugar, you know, maybe at some point you might need to transition out of that and reduce it. But if one can switch, if you can just upgrade immediately to that, you're already, you know, eight tenths of the way there. And that's something we've done at home. My wife is a really good influence and yeah. When, when I was looking around downstairs, like like I said, I was at the old store, but I'd like to take her here because this is her whole philosophy sometimes. Like, 
she does the raw honey. Yeah. She, she'll go out and she'll try to find that raw honey that's unprocessed, and that's what she wants. And yeah. You know, that's what she has in her coffee. Or totally. Like and, that. you know, and fats are another one. We're, are, yeah. We've de- demonized. fats. Yeah, yeah, right? So let's, you know, like they're some of the worst offenders, like margarine. That's what I was raised on. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the worst thing for you. So if we can switch that out for grass-fed butter or coconut oil or something like yeah. that, we can still get the good healthy fats that our body needs and craves legitimately but we've upgraded the quality and we're gonna just be feeling all the benefits because of it yeah this episode is brought to you in part by atb and i want to talk to you about the atb entrepreneur center whether you're dreaming building or growing atb entrepreneur centers offers a powerful set of tools to help your business and personal finances grow together come chat with small business experts and join a community of like-minded albertans and get some valuable advice along the way. Just another way, ATB will always be more than just a bank. Visit ATB Entrepreneur Center locations in Calgary, Edmonton, Grand Prairie, and Lethbridge. And to find out more online, visit atbentrepreneurcenter.com. And I know people go back and forth on coconut oil, but I think it's great because I use it for cooking. My wife yeah. uses it in for homemade soaps and you yeah, know, just stuff like that. So it's great, great. And I don't care what people say if it's bad. I, I, I think it's good. Yeah. So again, it's way better than just yeah. processed margarine. Right. So. Again, and and let's even come back to that example. We take butter. You know, butter that is kind of your conventional commercial stuff. Uh, you pick it just up at the average grocery store. Um, you know, high intensity, industrially mm-hmm. produced, where these cows probably aren't living the best life yeah. uh they're fed a diet that they're actually is isn't the best for them right we feed them a lot of grains so the end the end makeup ends up being that it's very high in omega-6 whereas if they're actually eating the grass like they're meant to that's their natural diet they're out on the pastures it's going to be really high in omega-3 omega-3 absolutely anti-inflammatory omega-6 is more inflammatory so we got something that's you know supposedly the same food but has completely different nutrition and therefore a completely different effect on the body. Yeah. And the taste, too. And the taste. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it is, if you're not looking for that taste, I think it's hard to find, but if you're looking for that different taste, like the grass-fed, compared to like grain-fed, you can tell that difference, and it's almost a world of difference. And yeah. It's, it's so much... It, it's what beef should be. Right. Or, or it's like what like pork should be yeah and it's a natural taste you don't get this like weird maybe not weird but i I just get um it doesn't taste like it should almost and and i don't know how to describe it but yeah it's like almost that process totally well i think you're onto something i think our bodies are highly intelligent and i'm i'm a big advocate for intuitive eating right like our body knows what's good for it yeah um but we, you know, if you told me that again as a, as a teenager, I was like, oh, sure, well, I love some donuts and I love some of this and that, yeah. you know. But one needs to come back to a natural, natural foods, natural diet, kind of reset the body, and then that intuition can kick in and you can allow it free reign. Yeah. And I know for me, like, if I'm having good natural food, like non processed food, and I'll do that for two, three weeks, and yeah. then I'll have. And, and I'll just call it what it is. I'll have like a crap meal, and it's just 
I feel bogged down the next day. And I know people say it, but not until you do it yeah. do you realize. I mean, you have to get back into that. For sure. Natural food, like the better food for your body. So. Totally. And that's where that kind of that upgrading is. You know, you have something awesome. You feel how you feel. You have something crappy. You feel how you feel. Yeah. So that's, that's what the late show is really all about is, you know, expanding perceptions about food and nutrition, empowering people to help them find and learn how to craft, you know, their own food and medicine. Yeah. And it's all about the upgrades, you know, like we make, we make chocolate from scratch. You know, it's not don't ever eat chocolates. No, just eat the best chocolate ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's that's yeah. heirloom varieties. It's close to its wild state. That's been minimally processed and processed in a way that that maintains the nutrients versus, you know, voids them out. Yeah, exactly. And it's what you said there. You're making your own chocolate. And it just sounds amazing. Like for sure. Just making everything from scratch and the way food should be. And yeah. It's amazing. I really like that concept. The other, so the other thing we're, we're all about, so make it the best ever, get the best ingredients, and make it a delivery system. You know, almost everything I do becomes a delivery system for a superfood, a herb. So if we take chocolate as an example, great, we make, we make the best chocolate ever. Not that, and I don't want to say ever because no one else can. Like, we teach these methods, you know, we're helping. There's tons of people making the best chocolate ever. Yeah. And, and you can then take that chocolate and put medicinal mushrooms into it, you know? So we come back to those four food groups. There's the fungi kingdom getting in okay, there now. Yeah. Uh, we can put in different herbs into there. So it's nutrient-dense calories and, you know, superfoods, herbs, medicinal mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talk about like your food, four food groups, and I'm thinking gut health and stuff like that. Right. You so guys are all about that as well. I yeah. Saw, like I saw kombucha downstairs. Absolutely. So that's the fourth one we haven't talked about. Yeah. So plants, animals, bacteria is fermented foods. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely key and essential. So again, if we look at any culture from any time, anywhere around the world, absolutely staple in their diet was fermented foods yeah, yeah. Um, and i didn't realize it but i just found out the other day as i just overheard a couple people talking and when i hear people talking about food i i perk up but i don't try to get too close i just sort of want to jam a microphone over by them so i can hear it better but right. they were talking about uh, sauerkraut and how good that is for your gut health and for sure. Uh, and I never thought about that for, with sauerkraut. So Yeah. And then I saw some here, and it's just like, totally. you guys don't only have just one flavor. You have a couple oh, of different. all these varieties. Yeah. yeah. And, and most of us, when we first hear about this idea of, you know, probiotics, right, and the lactobacillus, acidophilus, all these different varieties, you know, at least for me, it, back in, in those days, it was, you know, okay, I got to go to get that from a supplement. I got to buy my probiotic capsules, and I would take those. And that was helpful for a time. And then I realized, wait a minute, isn't that what's in fermented foods? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can skip the supplements. We can get it in our diet every day. And it's the best thing ever because, you know, fermented foods is such a vast field. It has so many benefits, uh, not the least of which is flavor, right? Yeah. Some of the top, like, world-class culinary, most beloved foods are fermented foods. Like, they have a flavor unlike anything else. Yeah. Th and you're right. I I enjoy them, so it's... Yeah. Um, so, do you have... I know we're getting close to our time, so I, I, <laughs> I, I'm going to dive into some other questions, but what are some of your favorites that you have here in the store? Oh, totally. We So, of the ferments, uh, we make uh, sauerkraut, 
all different kinds of flavors. Uh, it's generally fermented for minimum three months, okay. uh, so it's it's totally incredible. And we do uh, pickles and hot sauce. Yeah, uh, pickles not in a vinegar, but in a in a lacto fermented way. So it's vegetables into salt water, and then those bacteria as they ferment the vegetables develop all that oh, flavor. Okay. And then we'll often take those and then turn it into a fermented hot sauce. Oh, so we have one right now that's uh, the base of fermented beets okay. is the hot sauce. I mean, beets are fantastic for you. Yes. So, and we add just enough heat that, it, you know, you get that satisfaction of like a nice hot spice, but not a burn your face off kind of hot. Yeah. Beets are one of my favorite, whether they're pickled or roasted yeah. or steamed and just... Totally. Great for the blood, good for the yeah. liver, everything. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, so What's, I like that you have kombucha here. I've been really on a kombucha kick lately. Nice. Um, what flavors do you have here? Yeah, so we've got a local company called Happy Belly Kombucha. We carry their whole entire line on tap and in cans. And then in-house, we make our own kombucha-like drink. So there's different organisms that you can use to ferment uh, these these kombucha soda-like beverages. Yeah. So we ha use one called water kefir as well as ginger bug. And it's a similar process, it's very sim similar end result, just different bacteria. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, root beer, which I super love. So we take uh, all the old herbs that give root beer its classic flavor, and we ferment that with a ginger bug. So that one's a good one. Uh, we have another one that's super popular with the kids called Jedi Juice, and uh, it's it's like vibrant blue. So when we're talking about eating the rainbow, there's very, very food, few foods that actually are blue. Most of them are more in the purple spectrum, yeah. like even blueberries, right? They're more purple than they yes. actually are blue. Uh, so blue is a unique nutrient, and it's, uh, you know, green is chlorophyll, blue is actually what's called phycocyanin, and it's an anti-inflammatory, and it's good for the immune system, okay. and this drink is, like, naturally, vibrantly blue. Interesting. And it's, yeah, it's an cool. extract of uh, spirulina, so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and you also have a cafe sort of like a small little cafe. Here. Absolutely, yeah. What kind of stuff are you guys making here? Yeah, so we're making elixirs, and uh, elixirs are this amazing delivery system for food and medicine. You know, quite simply, I like to describe them as a combination between your, your morning coffee and your smoothie. Okay. No, not literally, because that would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, functionally, right? Most of us have a morning beverage, be it a tea, be it a coffee, something to kind of like, you know, wake us up, get us going in the morning. And a lot of us also have, you know, our, our grab-and-go smoothie, giving us that nourishment for the day. Now, an elixir functionally brings all of that together. Uh, so it doesn't have to be coffee, doesn't have to be tea, but some sort of herb, you know, based upon what your needs are for the day. Maybe it, maybe it is to give you energy. Well, there are, there's herbs that can do that. So that's your base. Uh, and then we add in good fats and we add in all kinds of superfoods and mushrooms all into one drink. They can be hot, they can be cold, they can be sweet, they can be savory. And again, anything you need. Is it energy? Is it to boost your immune system? Is it to balance your blood sugar? Like you can customize and build a, uh, an elixir exactly for that purpose. And awesome. so that, that's what our elixir bar does. It has food, it has treats. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. like the chocolate. Um, since I mentioned all that, um, where can people find... You yeah, know, like where where are you guys located? All right, yeah. Well, best touch in with us first uh, online, lightseller.ca, L-I-G-H-T-C-E-L-L-A-R.ca. And then we have our main location here in Boness along the old Main Street, 6531 Boness Road. I just moved in 
here we are in uh, middle of June and we're, we're still setting up, but uh, the store is up and running and functional. And then we have a little satellite store in Inglewood, uh, 9th Avenue, 1031, uh, inside a bike grocer. Nice, nice. And I'll put all that in the show notes. So okay, if, cool. if you miss it, just <laughs> click below. I'm pointing down below right now. So all right. Um, again, Malcolm, this was awesome, awesome. I learned so much. Cool. Thanks, thanks for, for being on. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Thanks a ton. I really enjoyed this. Cool. Right on. Thank you. <laughs>